Hey boondockers, where are you staying tonight? I'm Jeremy Storton. I'm an advanced Cicerone, host of the Good Beer Matters podcast, and an occasional traveler. I'll be your host as we search for a great place to stay and a happier life on the road. This is the Roads and Stays Audio Magazine, the best 30 minutes you'll spend all day. Whether you're an RV weekend warrior or travel full-time, fixes and updates are always on the chore list. That's why Harvest Host has compiled this helpful RV renovation guide, complete with DIY tips, maintenance tricks, and everything in between. Download our free guide linked in this episode description to finally get your to-do list done. Hey there, travelers. Welcome back to the Roads and Stays audio magazine brought to you by Harvest Hosts. In this episode, we're talking about power. You may have heard that with great power comes great responsibility. Our RVs have great power systems built in them, but how much do you really know about the electrical system in your rig? Speaking for myself, not much. How does it work? How long can you power all your systems with solar or shore power? Is it safe? And what is the environmental impact of these systems? Our next guest joins us today to help us become more responsible with our batteries and our power. But first, here's the latest in RV news. Be a leaf peeper this fall. If you haven't taken a road trip to enjoy the fall foliage, you're missing out. All of New England is famous for fall colors. Or you can head north to the Canadian Rockies in Alberta, where golden larch trees change color and shed their needles in the fall. Great Smoky Mountains National Park is a top U.S. destination for leaf peepers on the North Carolina-Tennessee border. With milder weather and fewer crowds, fall is the ideal time to visit this area. The peak of the fall foliage season in the Northern Hemisphere is usually from late September to mid-October, but it depends on the climate and the region. Take the chill off with RV space heaters. One of our favorite things about fall RV trips is crisp, cool jacket weather. Even so, sometimes you need to take the chill off. It's a great time to pull out a space heater. Compact and mighty, these little powerhouses create a cozy environment inside your RV. With their rapid heating technology, you'll feel the chill melt away in no time. Modern space heaters are also savvy energy savers, ensuring you stay snug without draining your RV's power supply. They're also made to be perfectly safe, with features that'll put your mind at ease even if you need to run one all night long. RV Interiors, Trends for 2024 While RV living is all about embracing the outdoors, RV enthusiasts want more interior space where they can relax without feeling crowded. Manufacturers are listening, and you'll see more options in 2024 for things like theater seating, stowaway tables, and adjustable beds. Watch out for luxurious finishes like mixed metals, residential appliances, and high-end bedding. For Integra Coach, 2024 is all about modern farmhouse. Step inside one of their new motorhomes and it feels like you've just put on a warm, cozy sweater. Other manufacturers this year are creating interiors with warm, earthy vibes as well. We can't wait to see what RV showrooms will hold for 2024. How do you cook your steak? What do you do when you're on a road trip and crave a perfectly grilled steak? You could head to the nearest steakhouse, but what if you're miles away from civilization? Say hello to the latest and coolest trend on the road, outdoor ovens and griddles. 
these nifty kitchen companions remove all the limits. Yes, you can grill a steak on a griddle. Typically known for their flat, smooth surface, griddles can provide a great sear and cook your steak to perfection. Outdoor ovens, including wood pizza ovens, are fantastic multitaskers. Not only do they bake, they can grill up a steak that will make your mouth water. Look for an outdoor oven that features a separate compartment or heating element specifically for grilling. Big Summer Giveaway As the sun sets on another fantastic camping season, Harvest Host is thrilled to announce our biggest event of the year, the third annual Big Summer Giveaway. We can't wait to make the season even more memorable by sharing some of our all-time favorite camping gear and apps with our beloved community. We're especially excited to give away a one-year all-access pass to Harvest Host. With so many fantastic prizes on offer, we've decided to split the giveaways into three weeks of excitement. Get ready to participate in the ultimate RV giveaway with week one, the get out of the RV package. Connect with us each month as we bring a monthly roundup of news about RV life. We'll highlight new RVs, tech that makes your travels better, and all the happenings in the outdoor space. And of course, some of the best farms, wineries, breweries, and more around North America. In the meantime, you can stay in touch with your Harvest Host team through our chat system at harvesthosts.com. Hey, business owners, are you interested in earning extra revenue? Harvest Host is a platform that connects over 200,000 RVers to local businesses for overnight stays. The model is simple. Hosts open up a space for RVers to park for one night, and in turn, travelers spend money at the business. And there's no cost to be a host. In fact, hosts make an average of $15,000 in extra revenue every year and meet some amazing folks. Visit harvesthost.com forward slash hosts to get started today. And now, on to the show. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Roads and Stays audio magazine. Uh, today, everyone, for, uh, for those of you listening, today, class is in session. We're, we're not going to talk to uh, someone who spent their, the last uh, million years of their life doing all those things that we dream of today. We're here to learn something, and and uh, Dr. Dennis Ferris is is here uh, to teach us what we need to know about power, the environment, and more importantly, what we can do about it. Uh, Dr. Ferris, thank you for being here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, just for a little bit of background, because there might be a few people that aren't uh, aren't familiar with you or your work. Uh, of course, you know they can look up the uh, the 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 TED talk you gave. Um, so, so you're, you're out there, but for those few people who don't know you that well yet, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're doing in, in the field of uh, power and environment? Sure. Well, I'm flattered that there's only, that you think there's only a few people who, who aren't familiar with what I'm doing, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to give you some background. Uh, I, I come from academia as, as you noted, um, I do have a PhD in uh, uh, basically environmental engineering science. Uh, my background was in air pollution, aerosols, food mechanics, aerosol chemistry. And I ended up uh, becoming a professor of mechanical engineering and got very interested in uh, climate change and in, in anthropogenic effects uh, on the air and on climate and uh, ultimately decided that energy storage was a huge part of the puzzle and 
you know, left academia, started a battery company, and here we are. Now, uh, just uh, I want to ask you for a quick primer because I am to call myself rusty on on power generation is as I'm being very kind to myself to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of us that just don't understand the principles of this. I mean, what what I know, what we know is we come in, we flip on the switch, voila, we've got power. Uh, what what practical information do we really need to understand about uh, how we get our power to fuel our house, our RV, our boat, whatever it may be? You know, I think maybe a good way to think about it is you're not making energy. You're not making power. You're converting the energy from something else. And what we're used to doing is uh, converting chemical energy from burning fossil fuels into electrical energy, you know, for turning on your, your light switch. Um, what is what we're, we're trying to change moving forward is we want to get that energy from somewhere else because by burning fossil fuels, we're putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And I think it's pretty clear the consequences of that. Yeah. Um, and you other options. To, you are, just have to fly into LAX one time to see the effect of all that, right? That absolutely. That's the that's the uh, the local urban effects of burning yeah. burning fossil fuels. But there's also the global climate effects. Um, but yeah, we're trying to encourage the conversion of of energy from solar energy um, or wind energy, which is ultimately solar energy as well, and to get our electrical energy from from those energy sources. And that's where batteries come in and play a huge role. Uh, uh, and so tell us a little bit more about the impact. Um, you know, anyone who's paying attention to the news or mildly paying attention to what's going on, we're seeing some pretty significant, uh, changes in, in normal weather patterns, or we're having the hundred year flood, uh, again, this, you know, this decade, you know, whatever it may be, uh, how is all of this, uh, power generation that are, that we've been relying on the fossil fuels that we've been relying on how is that really affecting our enjoyment of being outside and just living in, in, in peace, I guess would be a simple way of putting it. Well, it's hard to uh, specifically pinpoint short-term weather events, heat waves, floods, all that stuff specifically to uh, climate change. Um, but what we do know is carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas. It certainly increases the average temperature of the earth's surface and uh, it is <clears throat> generally theorized that this will result in the short term in increased frequency of extreme events. And that's what we are observing. And that increased frequency uh, certainly correlates with the increased amount of carbon dioxide that we've put in the atmosphere. And that's not, I mean, it's not a debate that carbon dioxide in the atmosphere um, prevents the, uh, it absorbs uh, radiation so that it, it, it prevents the earth from being able to cool itself naturally the way it had in the past. So the temperature of the earth increases, reaches a new equilibrium, uh, which is generally higher. And there are things that complicate that because <clears throat> along with burning fossil fuels, we put, um, particles in the atmosphere and particles form clouds and tend to cool the atmosphere. So these competing effects made it very difficult to really uh, accurately model what is happening and what's going to happen. But the general concept is more greenhouse gases means you're changing the climate. That means increased uh, frequency of extreme events. And, uh, you know, that's what we're experiencing. So yeah. let's act now. And, and we can't call it global warming anymore because it's far more complex than that. It, it's, 
any, yeah, anyway, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time getting there, the, but the facts are there. The numbers are there. Uh, we're experiencing that. We're seeing it on the news. It is just a reality of our day and age. Um, and a lot of the commentary is becoming quite dire. Um, so instead of turning this into a, a downer of a, of a show, let's talk about what can we do about it? What, tell us about the, the, the use of, of battery to store power, uh, batteries to store power and, and finding our power from solar or from wind. Right. Well, I, I agree. I don't like being dire about things. I see this more <laughs> as an opportunity, you know, yeah. Th things are changing. And, and I think we certainly do need to adapt as a species and science and technology plays a, a huge role in that. Um, I think that regardless of what happens, it's always going to be better to stay here on earth than to try to go to Mars, for example. Um, <laughs> and one thing that we can do is mitigate our, our climate footprint, reduce the, the levels of carbon emissions by getting our electricity from the sun, from the wind, um, even from nuclear, I will add, I think there's a lot of solutions to, to this problem. Um, but, but batteries are so important because of the intermittency of solar and wind. Uh, the wind is not always blowing and the sun is not always shining. So you want to be able to harness that energy, store it as, uh, as chemical energy in batteries when the sun is shining. And then when you need the power, uh, extracted as electrical energy. That's what batteries do. There's other forms of storage, but in terms of being in an RV, being in a boat, being in a house, that's a very effective way of storing power because specifically lithium ion batteries are so energy dense and, and efficient. It, it kind of seems to me that, you know, we're, we're so used to uh, having power on demand. I walk in a room, flip on the switch, we've got power, everyone's happy. But you know, when we think about uh, the way that we think about how we make money and spend our money, uh, it's better to make our money, save it for a rainy day, rather than always, uh, always working paycheck to paycheck. That would be like on-demand money. Uh, are, am I thinking about this the right way? Uh, is that kind of how we view uh, our our power system? Is kind of uh, paycheck to paycheck? You might as well think of your power as money because when your lights are on, you're spending money, Yeah. right? So, you know, I don't think it's bad to to think about it that way. I mean, even, even when you have solar power and you have batteries, the nice thing about solar is that it's, it's basically free past the, the cost of the, uh, of the uh, solar cells and the infrastructure that you put in. Um, but, you know, I don't like to think of conservation as specifically the main way that we attack climate change. It certainly helps. Um, but conservation, if you think about it as you're paying for this, this energy, uh, it, it's just good practice. It makes sense to, to conserve and not have lights on when you don't need them and, you know, maintain your lifestyle, but don't waste. I mean, that's just, a. I, I think in an RV, we're so used to thinking about it like that because there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of water. There's not a lot of, of available power. And so I think that's what's great about RVers is that they tend to have spearheaded this movement of conservation and the ability to live off of renewable energy sources. You know, and every time I've spent uh, in an RV or in a, in a boat, I'm always just absolutely impressed with you have what is, in, in, by comparison, a small space within which to live. But there's all these just wonderful little spots, and it's just so extremely well thought out so that they end up becoming very livable. There's a great spot for this thing here. You can put your computer there. It's, it, it all works really, really well, but it requires a lot of forethought to make mm -hmm. it enjoyable after the fact. But I, I loved in your TEDx talk, you talked about 
band lifers, boondockers, uh, and by extension, even sailors on a boat, uh, that they are kind of the model of what's possible uh, to live not only with intermittent power, but to live just with a smarter, better design that encompasses the the way that we think about power and conservation. Can you unpack that a little bit more for me, if, if you will? Well, no, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head there. It's about planning, right? You have to plan out your space. There's not a lot of space. So you power is money, space is money. Plan it out so that it's used ef- effectively and not uh, not being wasted. And in terms of power, part of that, as I did mention in that talk, is that uh, RVers count their coulombs. They, they know how much power their appliances need. They know how much they're making from their solar panels. And they know how much they want to be able to store uh, in their batteries. And that's arithmetic. You know, let, let's figure out how much we have and therefore how much uh, we how much we have available to live and does it meet our lifestyle and if it doesn't let's get some more panels on the roof let's get some more batteries you know it's it's just a it's just a matter of uh, planning and, and calculation hey business owners are you interested in earning extra revenue harvest host is a platform that connects over 200,000 RVers to local businesses for overnight stays. The model is simple. Hosts open up a space for RVers to park for one night, and in turn, travelers spend money at the business. And there's no cost to be a host. In fact, hosts make an average of $15,000 in extra revenue every year and meet some amazing folks. Visit harvesthost.com forward slash hosts to get started today. Well, and for those people, you know, I'm thinking about there, I know a lot of RVers who are are uh, just hedonists. They, they want to go out, just have, relax and have a good time. So I, I'm willing to bet that there's either a, an app or a gadget that will help them manage this without having to do the arithmetic. Because, you know, I can't tell you the last time I, I had to, you know, pull out a pencil in the calculator. Uh, what what um, assets are available for RVers to help learn this stuff and to figure this out? Oh, gosh, I'm old school. What can I say? I, I'm, I expect... <laughs> You've got the body. number two pencil, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, apps are great. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. I don't write those apps. Uh, I'd rather teach folks how to use their pencil and and uh, do that computation. We, I mean, honestly, in, at, at Battleborn, we do that all day long. Call in and we'll help you through that arithmetic and uh, teach you how to do it. You know, I, I, I'm an educator at heart and I would love this country to go back to math and science as something that's more common. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the RVers. And again, by extension, the sailors, I, I kind of have a a, a a toe in the sailing world and a foot in the RV world. Um, what is that lifestyle like? You know, we're talking about, we've got the smaller space, we've got this great design, we're thinking about our power, but it, does that does that diminish the life? Does that diminish the joy and the fun that we can have for the for us hedonists that just want to enjoy ourselves? Well, let's compare it to how it used to be when you had lead acid batteries as your only option and you had to plug into a pedestal. Uh, now we provide the option of get some lithium ion batteries on board, get a bigger power, a, a higher power inverter, connect that to your AC system, and now you can park on the side and the banks of a beautiful lake in the middle of nowhere um, and still run your air conditioner 
still make coffee. You don't have to run a generator. Um, it, I think it's a significant enhancement of the quality of life and of the overall RVing or sailing experience. Uh, so it, it really is, of course, the term is glamping. I mean, to, to be able to have these amenities and do it in a way where you're not even plugged in and you're not drawing power from the grid, which generally comes from burning fossil fuels. Um, if you have solar on the roof of your RV, then you can live an incredible lifestyle with virtually no carbon footprint. Of course, you have to drive there, but if you're if you're in one place for a long time, that that was my point. Like RVers tend to yeah. kind of live and work and not be on the road all the time. Uh, so I I think it enhances quality of life in a way that is environmentally friendly, and that's what is what I hope to be spearheading a larger movement. Well, and I, I want to extend this just a little bit further because there are those people, and we've talked to them here on, on the uh, Rosen States Audio Magazine, those people who live full-time in an RV on the road. But th that's a percentage of people. There are still plenty of people that have a, a, a quote-unquote normal house, have their RV for the weekends or for a week getaway. How can we take this idea, this technology, and apply it to our, our stick-built home? Well, it comes down to planning again and, and uh, the, the whole notion of designing your home in a way that you, you know how much electricity you're making from the sun. Uh, you know how much you use. You try to balance it out. And if you're grid tied, you take as little from the grid. Uh, and that really does reduce your, your carbon footprint. Um, for those who are not full-time in their RV and they're just kind of, you know, weekend campers or whatever, there's an environmental benefit to replacing your lead acid with lithium anyway, just because lithium doesn't, uh, lithium iron phosphate doesn't have any toxic heavy metals or, or corrosive acids. Um, so it's, it's a more environmentally benign product in that, in that way. Um, but in terms of the larger scheme of things and, and, mitigating your carbon foot carbon footprint i think it really is about planning now i don't mean to i'm not i'm not trying to say that everyone has to do this now because it is an upfront investment not everyone has has the money to do that and that's why what a big part of what we do is to figure out how to lower the cost of the storage how to make it safer how to include the utility companies to make it such that um it it behooves everybody to move in this direction even financially that's when everything is really going to turn, when it makes financial sense for the utility companies, for the end users to get all of their electricity from renewable energy sources. Um, that's when dramatic shift is going to happen. And we're on the road to that. And when we finally hit that inflection point where we're starting to see uh, we've got the traction, we've got the momentum, we are moving more toward uh, having batteries in every house uh, and 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 pulling more power from solar and wind uh, and even, you know, uh, wave technology if you're near the coast, whatever it may be. What, what kind of changes do you expect to see environmentally uh, and, and even socially? Well, environmentally, uh, this is a long-term thing. You know, yeah. we act now to mitigate potential predicted damage, you know, 50 years from now. So this really is something we do for our kids and grandkids. It's not like we shift everything now and then all of a sudden, 
no more floods, no more heat waves, no more fires. That's not how it works. You know, this, this is something that humanity does to um, improve the quality of life for our descendants. That's what this is about, really. Um, and uh, socially, you just hope that it becomes commonplace for this sense of responsibility for the future of humanity um, to be on the forefront of, of everyone's minds. You know, let's, let's not be such a disposable culture. Let's figure out how to plan, how to waste less without sacrificing our lifestyle. Cause lifestyle is, is an important part of, of living life. Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to, uh, you want to live happy. So yeah, honestly, people are not going to sacrifice that. Yeah, exactly. People, so I'm not giving up my coffee. <laughs> Believe me, nor am I. So, um, yeah, I, I think it socially, I think it it should just become more commonplace to care more about the long term. Wonderful. And what what do you wish more people understood about this to help us get to that point where where we are investing in our collective <laughs> future? What does it take to help people understand this better? That's a good question. Um, you know, we do what we can in terms of education on the actual, um, the, the science behind it, behind solar energy and batteries and everything. But there's just so much uh, discord in the world today, in the country today, that it's that sort of e education is not on the forefront of people's minds. It's just more divisive these days. And we focus on pettier things that are not going to make things better for future generations. Uh, so uh, what I think what has to happen is a renewed focus on education, on science, on math, um, and, and, and not just that, on, on uh, you know, humanities, on art, on, on culture, on things that really do enhance the, the human experience and human understanding. And less of a focus uh, on what drives people apart, less of an amplification of that, which unfortunately is, you know, based in social media. And that's that's sort of where we live yeah. right now. But I think it's going to take a little bit of a greater cohesion and a coming together to, to really focus on these things that matter. And that's fantastic. And we could we could put a nice little exclamation mark at the end of that statement, and say, save the world, go stay in an RV. Or something along those lines. <laughs> Save the world. Learn some yes. math. Yeah, and, uh, learn some math too. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> stick. With, I'll stick with mine, and you stick with yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, where where can people find out more about uh, Dragonfly Energy uh, and um, the Battleborn Batteries and the work that you're doing? Uh, well, the company is Dragonfly Energy. Dragonflyenergy.com. Uh, our brand, of course, is Battleborn Batteries, battlebornbatteries.com. Uh, we also uh, uh, have the Wakespeed brand, uh, which is our very relevant to boats and RVs when you're charging off alternators. The Wakespeed device helps regulate that, that uh, charging current. So um, you can find us online. You can call in. Uh, our, our technical sales team is very adept at helping you understand and designing your system and making it happen. Thank you so much for coming on to this and, and especially thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for leading that charge. So hopefully we all can get to a point where we can live better, live 
with our coffee uh, and, and and invest in in our future and our children's future and our grandchildren's future. Uh, I've just appreciated immensely. Thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Calling all RVers. We've partnered with amazing brands like Brooklyn Bedding, Road Pass, Empire Covers, and more to get our fans incredible savings on their wishlist items. Are you ready to finally hit purchase on that item you've been hovering over? Our exclusive RV travel coupon booklet will get that final price where you want it. Download the link in our description box to start saving. This episode tip is sponsored by Battleborn Batteries, the best in lithium ion batteries and full power system solutions that help RVers like you get out there and stay out there. Their boondocking tip is to always pair a minimum of 200 watts of solar to every 100 amp hours of batteries in your power system. Be sure to visit battlebornbatteries.com for more off-grid tips and tricks. I'm Allie Lindsay from Frisco, Colorado, and this summer my husband Derek and myself planned an extended vacation for two months living in our travel trailer, a Rockwood GeoPro. It has a bunk bed for the kids. We have two little girls, Susie, who's seven years old, and Jojo, who is six years old. And they are loving their bunk beds and their cozy little corners. And we decided to travel cross country, um, leaving our small mountain town to check out other really cool mountain towns. And while Derek and I work using our handy Starlink, um, our little girls are attending summer camp and they are having an absolute blast. This trip took tons of planning, tons of organization, but I was able to enroll them in amazing camps in various mountain locations. They are started at Adventure Camp in Frisco, Colorado, and then hit Jackson Hole, Wyoming for their Grand Adventure Camp. Then we headed on to Grand Targhee in Wyoming, where they are attending camp there, climbing and swimming. And then we head to Whitefish, Montana for their last mountain camp. Then we travel up to Glacier across to Michigan, and they will be attending tennis and sailing camp in Harbor Springs, Michigan. Um, we really packed our trailer with our four mountain bikes, two road bikes, two kayaks, two paddle boards, three skateboards, four pairs of hiking boots, four helmets, lots of bathing suits, plenty of sneakers, and lots of games. Um, we're keeping our children really entertained and they're loving every second of it. And they're really enjoying camps in different locations. Um, to any parents out there trying to do this, it's definitely doable. I suggest being really organized, having a spreadsheet to track all your notes. And when it comes to making lunches every day, have lots of little Tupperwares and lots of snacks and fresh fruit to give your children so they stay happy and healthy throughout their travels. Thank you for another great story from the road. That's the show this time around. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and let us know what stories and tips you want to hear more of. Until next time, we hope you have safe travels and we'll see you down the road.